Another busy show here today on Locked on Spartans. Clay Whedon decommits. Yes, we have struggled on third down, but just how bad has it gotten? But it's not all negative. We spread some good news possibly on Michigan State football recruiting. And yeah, even an MSU women's soccer shout out in the third segment. Let's go. You are Locked on Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked On Spartans listeners, thank you so much for kicking off your day with us here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Yes, I am your host, Matt Sheehan, and we do this five days a week here on the Locked On Spartans podcast or YouTube show. Any way you consume this media, hey, thank you so much, and if you don't mind, throw us a like, subscribe, comment below. Really, in the end, do whatever makes you happy because your happiness is what comes first here on the Locked On Spartans podcast. Even though today we might not be talking about the happiest of news, uh, you probably already know it. A four-star kid from Michigan State's 2023 recruiting class, well, will not be in the recruiting class as he decommits. Uh, we're going to get into third down stats a little more in the second segment, but hey, you know, along the way we're going to drop along some good news about the Spartans here and there. Uh, but before we get to any of that, just one more thing. If you want to reach out, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. Now let's get into the nitty-gritty here. Uh, if you follow recruiting at all, you already know this has happened. Uh, Monday evening, Clay Whedon uh, out of Tampa, Florida. Yes, he's the top 400 offensive lineman prospect. He will not be joining the Michigan State Spartan 2023 class as he announced on Twitter that, well, yeah, he's uh, decommitting, says, quote, does not have anything to do with football or academics. This comes just a little under two weeks after he visited Auburn in the uh, in their game against LSU. So there you have it. Um, I got to say, kind of a unique recruiting saga to begin with uh, for the longest time. You know, going back a year, he was considered to be this big Auburn lean. And then in June, he visits campus, uh, East Lansing's campus, I should say. And then commits to Michigan State, which actually surprised a lot of recruiting insiders because he was long considered to be this Auburn Tiger lean. And, you know, he visits Auburn, decommits for Michigan State. And yes, he, okay, he hasn't committed to Auburn just yet, but I'll... Look, if you want me to break the news for everyone here, he's going to be going to Auburn eventually, uh, whether it's announced this week, next month, or on National Signing Day. He's going to go back to the place that he considered home long ago here. And uh, look, let's just all take a deep breath right now before going any further. Uh, No, this isn't good news. Of course it's not. You know, I'm not going to say like, oh, good riddance to him. No, the kid's a good player. This, this, This hurts the class, no doubt about it. But, okay, Michigan State. Still 25th best class in the nation. We're still sitting at 13 commits. Yes, nine of which are four stars, which is the best that MSU has ever done in the recruiting era. Like recruiting rankings era, I should say. So, yes. And I know that, hey, this does not come at a good time. This comes in the midst of a four-game losing streak where maybe we're sounding the alarms that like, oh my god, this is where everyone's going to start jumping ship. This is horrible. This is terrible. Like, I'm going to give it a few more kids decommitting before I go full DEFCON 2 and start worrying, oh god, this is the worst possible year that ever could have happened. Um, so with that said, let's talk about this decommit, what it means, all that good stuff, and shout out to emailer Jake. That's right, he hit us up at Lockdown Spartans, and he hit us with four questions surrounding the decommitment of Clay Whedon. 
And he couldn't have laid out these four questions any better. This is a perfect roadmap to our discussion for the end of the first segment here. So his first question that he said is, thoughts on everything? Well, Jake, that's a great question. Let's go ahead and answer that. Just like I said, not going to slam on the panic button just yet. But at the same time, like, look, it, it is a bummer to miss out on this kid. This is the, the third decommit, actually, of the 2023 class. The other one was wide receiver Demetrius Bell, who decommitted, I think, about a month ago. And then, look, if you want to count Jalen Braxton, who was committed for about 16 seconds, fine. Like, that's your third kid. But this is what happens when you're in the world of top 400 recruiting. I mean, kids flip from Bama and Georgia, for crying out loud. Uh, but with that said, hey, look, I'm not, I'm not stupid, contrary to popular belief. Um, I, I do understand the tension around this decommitment and the timing. And look, I mean, I'm probably like you. I'm a bit maybe on edge a little bit myself because I keep telling myself, hey, if this season's going to go bad, long-term, that's not the worst thing in the world. As long as this recruiting class stays intact, then it's going to be fine. Okay, well, that's that's one domino. I'm not going to start fully freaking out until mm, three, four dominoes start to fall. And uh, we'll get into it a little later about why I think this is a unique circumstance right here. Um, well, look, I mean, this is going to happen because Michigan State's going to be trying to flip kids too. Hey, maybe more on that in the next segment. Wink, wink. Uh, but look, I, hey, by Job, you know, that's the best kid in the class. He's still being recruited by Alabama. Uh, Andrew DePape is still, you know, hearing from Penn State and Miami. Like, it is going to be a tug-of-war battle for these kids up until December 21st. And this isn't meant to, like, surprise anyone or scare one, you know, saying that, oh, hey, those top 200 recruits that we have, other programs are looking for them. Like, no, this is just like a reminder of what reality is, is that kids are going to be constantly trying to get pulled away from Michigan State and other programs up until the ink dries on December 21st. And also, too, at the end of the day, for offensive line only, you have Stanton Rommel, you have Cole Dellinger, who are both four-star top 400 kids, and then you also have a strong three-star in Jonathan Slack out of Detroit. That's still a good unit for the offensive line. Now, Jake's second question is uh, is, is a pretty good question. I mean, all four of them are good. What am I saying? He asked, do you believe Whedon when he says it has nothing to do with football and academics, or is he just sugarcoating it? Honestly, in the midst of a 2-4 and four season, I would usually be waving my BS flag around and being very skeptical. But however, th this is a very unique situation because, look, if he was going to be flipping to, let's say, I'll use the most extreme example, Alabama or Georgia or maybe even like a surging big brand like Texas, for example, or uh, Florida State, if you will, I'd be very skeptical about if he was being honest about it, doing nothing with football or academics. However, I think he's being 100% honest right now that it does have nothing to do with football or academics because it's all trending to Auburn, where um, Brian Harson is, he is the odds-on guy to be the next fired head coach in college football. Um, it is a turbulent situation going over at Auburn. Brian Harson, the head coach, will probably not be there next year. And who's to say what assistant coach will even be around? But at the end of the day, Clay Whedon has found a home in Auburn, should he actually commit there, which is, again, you know, a 99% certainty at this point. But, yeah, I, I believe the kid because I, he really finds comfort in Auburn. It's not about the football or, or even the coaching staff, God, so to speak. It's just that, hey, I mean, it's closer to home for him, which, 
with that said, you know, it's still like a seven-hour car ride from Tampa Bay. And I get, hey, you know, planes exist. It's a lot shorter flight to Auburn than it is to Michigan State. And heck, if you want to talk car ride, yeah, okay. Seven-hour car ride is a little shorter than a 20-hour car ride. But um, yeah, again, he, he's comfortable at Auburn, regardless of the, the football situation, the coaching staff situation. So, hey, if, if that's what makes him happy, then that's awesome for him. You know, go, go for it. I, I wish him nothing but the best down there. And that's to say that, like, yeah, I do 100% believe him that it does actually have nothing to do with football or academics or anything like that, uh, which, yeah, is is unique to read a statement like that and actually believe the kid this time around as uh, blunt as that is to say on my part. Uh, the third question Jake has is how is this going to test Mel Tucker's ability to keep recruits committed despite season struggles? This is something that I've said up and down throughout the last few weeks. So if you're a daily listener, sorry that this might be the 15th time hearing this, but this is what he's getting paid $95 million to do. He didn't get paid $95 million to, you know, win the Peach Bowl uh, or to beat Michigan twice, contrary to popular belief. No, no, no. It's to be the CEO of a very challenging overhaul. And the guys that gave him that money believe that he's the man to do this. And it is a big task, no doubt. If you can put together a top 20 or a top 25 recruiting class coming off of a season where you're probably not going to make a bowl game, Okay, that's that. Yeah, okay, that's probably worth ninety-five million dollars right there because that is a major ask uh, to have, no doubt about it. Um, again, the selling points are going to be the immediate playing time, the coaching continuity. Uh, you, you get to play for a top twenty-five brand in Michigan State, and you might get to do it immediately as a freshman. Uh, and also, the fourth question that Jake asked is, and uh, and what pressure does this put on offensive line coach Chris Kapilovic to recruit? build and coach a solid offensive line not just the offensive line coach let's keep in mind also the run game coordinator as well who's making over one million dollars and there ain't a lot of guys that aren't coordinators that are just position coaches that are making over one million dollars um look this puts plenty of pressure on coach cap and the one thing that i kept saying up and down is that, well, yeah, the offensive line struggled, the run game as a whole has struggled, but at least he's recruiting his you-know-what off. Okay, th th this is a little bit of a hit now, because, look, you still are in a good spot with just Rommel, uh, Dellinger, and Slack, but that's a good class, you know, and there's a lot of good offensive line classes, especially in the Big Ten. Now that you're missing that other four-star, it's not necessarily great anymore. Um and look, it's not my money that you know <laughs> that he's getting paid with. You know, I'm not the one scratching the million dollar check every single year. But with that said, if that's the price tag that you get for being an offensive line coach at Michigan State, a lot of guys that could replace you here. So yet there is now mounting pressure on Kapilovic, whether it is what's happening this season or now, uh oh, what's happening in recruiting. So yeah, the, the dial has been turned up. And I take no joy in saying that. I, I, I like the guy. You know, I've actually been lucky enough to have a few interactions with him. Very nice guy, and I still believe in him. But, man, it yeah, it's the, the, the pressure starting to get ramped up a little bit, so we'll see if they could save any face here in uh, the recruiting class moving forward here. Again, long way to go. Uh, only 13 kids uh, signed verbally. I'm sorry, only 13 kids verbally committed to this class. We'll see how it shakes out here in the end. And uh, hey, maybe some good news here 
is down the pike for us. We'll start the second segment with that really quick. But first, I just have to talk all your ear off about LinkedIn. That is right. You already know what LinkedIn is. It's one of the greatest platforms out there for finding jobs or also finding great employees. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and, best of all, for free. Post your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's right. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So what on earth are you waiting for? Dive into the greatest job pool that there is. Comb through all the wonderful candidates. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. One more time, that's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And before getting back into a little bit of Michigan State football recruiting talk, hey, thank you so much for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So, hey, it's not all doom and gloom here. Let's start the second segment um, with a little bit of positivity. Before we start talking about Michigan State's third down issues on defense, yeah, hey, let's try to put a smile on our face here just for a hot second. Um, Also late... Monday night, uh, Justin Thind of 24-7 Sports. He also does work with The Athletic. He also comes on the show quite a bit. Uh, He logged a crystal ball for four-star defensive lineman Ashton Porter last night. So, lose a four-star offensive lineman could, could be gaining a four-star defensive lineman. I I say could with emphasis for two reasons. One, uh, I don't want to be the guy to jinx it. Uh, I have uh, an unfortunate jinxing ability, and I don't want to be the reason that things go south and he doesn't commit. And number two, he's going to make his final decision decision after his senior year season. So, look, right now, Ashton Porter, top 400 kid, defensive lineman from Texas, currently committed to Northwestern, but was just on Michigan State's campus last week. So if he wants to step right up, play for Marco Coleman, play for Brandon Jordan, Okay, well, all signs are pointing to maybe he's thinking about that a little bit. Again, a crystal ball isn't the end-all be-all. Justin Thind only gave it a confidence rating of four, but I also know that Justin Thind isn't logging crystal balls just because he's bored at home and needs something to do. Like, this this cat knows his stuff, so hey, again, it's going to take a few weeks before anything is finalized if it does happen, but... Maybe some good news down the pike for Michigan State there as well. All right, wasn't that fun to talk about something positive here? Uh, Now, everyone wipe the smile off your face because we're going to talk about some stats here. Uh, If you're like me and you think that every single third down this season that the opposing team has picked up a first down, well, these stats are going to back that up because, you know what, I was just sitting around Monday night and I'm thinking about Michigan State football like a completely normal, sane person does on any other weekday night. And I'm thinking, you know what, I'm going to put something to the test here. It really seems like teams are converting third downs at a 95% clip. Let's look up the stats and see if I'm just crazy or if that's really happening. Let's find out how bad third downs have gotten for the Michigan State defense, specifically the last 
four games. Yes, against Power 5 opponents. Uh, right now, just as a whole, for the six games this season, okay, Michigan State defense is giving up third downs at a 44% clip. That is 18th worse in the nation. Unfortunately, that's like the best stat I'm going to be reading off here because it does not get any better. Let's go back to the last four games now. Uh, the last four games, Michigan State has given up third downs at a 53% clip. I got news for you. It gets even worse because I looked at the first half of games. When the games are still, in theory, competitive, how is Michigan State's defense starting these games on third downs just in the first quarter, the second quarter? So I went through, I looked at third down conversions and fourth down conversions. So these are blended together, third slash fourth down conversions here. Let's all take a seat. The Washington game in the first half. The Huskies converted on third or fourth down six out of ten times. Okay, those four stops. Unfortunately, two of those stops were on third downs that, well, the next play was a fourth down conversion. All right, one of those conversions was also a third and 12. Another was a third and six conversion that, well, ended up to be a 16-yard touchdown. I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers out here. We'll try to make sense of this all in a hot second. The Minnesota game. In the first half, the Gophers went five for six. Five for six on third or fourth downs. Four of those conversions were from third and eight or longer. The Maryland game. Maryland, on third and fourth down in the first half, went five of eight. When five of eight. And one of those included a third and ten conversion during a touchdown drive. And Ohio State, just this Saturday, only five instances where they were, you know, on third or fourth down and went for it. They went four of five. Unfortunately, the one stop the Michigan State defense had, they went for it on fourth down right after that and picked it up. For a grand total, the last four games in the first half, on third or fourth down, teams are converting at a 20 of 29 clip. That is a not nice number of 69% conversion. Two of those stops even, even two of those nine stops that you had, well, the next play was a fourth down conversion. Folks, I want everyone to sit down here because uh, you, and if you're driving, pull over the side of the road right now before you just run yourself into a wall uh, on this next stat. So, in the first half of the last four games, how many stops on third or fourth down? Okay, nine. There's been nine stops on third or fourth down in the first half against your Power 5 opponents. Conversions that the other team has on third or fourth down where there's five plus yards to go. Like it's third and six, for example, or fourth and seven, or third and 12. How many conversions on third and fourth with more than five yards to go has the offense picked up? That number's 10. That number's 10. You have given up more third and five and longers, more fourth and five and longers, then you have had stops on third and fourth downs. This is how bad it has gotten on third down. So, no, when you're watching the game, uh, it's not just confirmation bias that like, oh, wow, I feel like they convert first down a lot of the times here, especially when the games are just starting and in theory competitive. Now, I got horrible news for you. Um, it, it is as bad as it looks. 69% conversion rating in the first half against Power 5 opponents. I don't have to tell you that. That's absolutely 
positively miserable. Now I looked at the first half because by and large these games are only competitive in the first half and yeah so like that's the most important half for Michigan State before the game gets completely out of hand or hey sometimes it gets out of hand because third down conversions have been so brutal. Uh, and look hey you, you want even more bad news? Um, <laughs> coming into town this week is Wisconsin who converts third downs at a 47.9% clip that is 23rd best in the country. And then after that, you face Michigan, who is 34th best in the country in that stat as well. Uh, and, you know, just to make things fair really quick, I did this with the offense as well. And honestly, uh, they've been up and down with their first half, third or fourth down conversions. Uh, did really well against Washington, went 4 of 7. Horrible against Minnesota, 1 of 6. Fine against Maryland, 4 of 6, and then 2 of 5 against Ohio State, but also, you know, two conversions on Ohio State penalties as well. Um, so that's 46% conversion rating for the offense in the first half on third and fourth down. So, um, but it's a different story every single time, right? Like the Washington game, all right, you're playing from behind the eight ball immediately. Okay. The Minnesota game, yeah, that was a complete stinker. Uh, Maryland, yeah, you converted four out of six times, but also. You know, your field goal unit missed two field goals in the first half, so that doesn't help things. So, yeah, that's um, that's it right there. Sorry about that, guys. Happy happy Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever day you're listening to this. Uh, hey, the only way to go is up, perhaps, for the third down defense. Uh, man, God, they need some confidence in, in the worst way possible. And hopefully, hopefully you can just get an opening drive for the defense where you can actually get off the field because it has been a long, long time since we've seen the Spartans be able to get off the field on the opposing team's first drive. It's all the way back to the Akron game, I'm pretty sure. So, uh, yeah, there you have it. Hey, we got more good news here. We're actually going to switch sports completely. Women's soccer for a hot second. And then Kevin Warren spoke at Big Ten Basketball Media Days. He had some quotes that we're going to get to here, but I just need to talk your ear off about Built Bar. That's right. Built Bar. If you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs yet, well, guess what? You haven't fully lived your best life. Uh, your taste buds probably hate you because you haven't tried a Built Bar Puff. These things absolutely positively slap. They are a protein-infused marshmallow, still wrapped in 100% real chocolate, and they treat you right in three facets. The first facet, that's right, the taste buds. They care for your taste buds because these taste better than a candy bar. Just go ahead and try the cookie dough chunk puff. The second way, if I can count correctly, the second way they take care of you is they nourish your body. These are only 160 calories, whopping 15 grams of protein, and the sugar count is lower than it tastes like. It is fantastic. And the third way they take care of you at Built Bar, yes, they take care of your wallet. That's right. Go to Built.com. Smash in promo code LOCKEDON15, and that's going to get you 15% off of your order. One more time, gang. Promo code LOCKEDON15, all one word, LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. That's going to get you 15% off of your order of Built Bars, Built Bar Puffs, any of the Built products. Go treat yourself at Built.com. All right, let's switch from the gridiron to the soccer pitch because we need to recognize a program that is not recognized enough around these parts, and that is the women's soccer program. They are just coming off of a weekend where they had a program record 3,000-plus fans at DeMartin Stadium. Highest attendance they've ever had for a game. And, well, who do they play? 
Hmm. Oh, they played Michigan. That program down the road, and well, how'd the game go? Uh, dos acero. Uh, 2-0 Spartans. That's right, because all they're getting is victories, uh, especially at DeMartin. They are undefeated at home so far this year. Overall, they are 10-1-3, and, and that also includes a road win at top five Penn State just a few weeks ago. Uh, the All-American goalie, Lauren Kozel, seven shutouts so far this year. Lauren DeBoe, second in the Big Ten with eight goals. Cameron Everin, six goals, which is still good for top ten in the Big Ten. And then Ruby Diotati, if I'm saying that name right, I hope I am because that's a sweet name. Ruby Diotati, six assists, which is good for second in the Big Ten. So these ladies are absolutely killing it. They play Thursday night, 7 p.m., at DeMartin. If you are in the area, tickets are like three or five bucks. Go on over there. They're having a great season at the top of the Big Ten standings right now, but still, hey, some games to go before they could clinch the title. So go support the Lady Spartans over there. DeMartin Stadium, 7 p.m. on Thursday. All right. Also, let's go over to Minneapolis because Big Ten Media Days uh, for basketball kind of snuck up on us. It's happening uh, this Tuesday, and then also, if you're listening on Wednesday, uh, Michigan State their contingent will be speaking to the media on Wednesday as well. So we might get into some quotes or whatnot if uh, Izzo says anything um, exciting or good uh, in future episodes this week. So Kevin Warren, the commissioner, spoke uh, at Media Days as well, and he was pretty uh, protective of the words he was saying. He didn't say anything really too much or too revealing, but look, when the commissioner of the Big Ten speaks, it's kind of like whenever the president speaks – it's important no matter what he says. So let's go through some quotes right now. Obviously, a lot of the talk was on expansion and also adding USC and UCLA into the mix. And someone asked, like, hey, these basketball tournaments, like the, the Big Ten tournament, usually in Chicago, usually in Indianapolis, what's going to go on when you add these two Southern California teams? He says, now we have the flexibility to have them really anywhere across the country Having two great basketball programs, the history and tradition helps. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the most revealing quote he had, um, where he's kind of revealing that, yeah, uh, we, we probably have thrown around the idea of playing the Big Ten uh, Conference Tournament somewhere that's not Midwest, maybe over in L.A. Uh, I know it's not called the Staples Center anymore. I forgot what it's called now, but I, I don't know what venues they have over there in L.A., but God, that'd be just a weird feeling to have the Big Ten basketball tournament in L.A. Like, that's going to make the uh, Madison Square Garden Big Ten tournament they had a few years ago just seem like a like a home game for everyone. God, that's going to seem so normal in comparison to if, you know, we're, we're watching Gophers Scarlet Knights on Thursday over in L.A. That's just, ugh, it kind of has a gross taste to it. But, hey, you got to... You got to appease your uh, your newest guests, your your two new fun toys. So maybe uh, yeah, there is going to be a West Coast Big Ten basketball tournament in the future. I I don't know, very strange. But he was also asked about football divisions as well. Said quote, I think. Oh, sorry. If we'll continue to have them in football, uh, we're having meetings on that right now. The good thing about it is uh, that we're in. Sorry, this is a weird quote. Basically, you know what? I'll just cut to the chase. They're having meetings about it. This was his answer for a lot of questions is that, yeah, we're talking about it. Like football divisions, yeah, we're talking about it. Um, hey, Big Ten basketball tournament, yeah, we're talking about it. But 
Yeah, the fact of the matter is, is that um, he's not committal to divisions. Now, with that said, what he didn't say is that they're going to keep divisions. I think that they are going to take after some other conferences in the nation and just scrap divisions altogether. I could see it being as early as next year, even before USC and UCLA join the party. Heck, you know what? Honestly, I, if it were truly 100% up to Kevin Warren and he didn't care about anyone's feelings and just wanted to do what he wants to do, he would he would axe divisions right now. He would say, um, Big Ted West... <laughs> I'm sorry, this is a disgrace. Uh, it, it's going to be whoever of the three between Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. That's who's going to go to Indy this year. But no, he's you know obviously going to do it in a diplomatic way, unfortunately. And we're going to see Ohio State butcher, I don't know, Illinois and Indianapolis this week. But yeah, I think that after another year where the Big Ten East just runs away with the football title, I think this is the last year for divisions. And Kevin Warren not being committal on divisions... I think that's the direction it's going to be going here because, uh, look, maybe I'm just reading what I want to read, but Kevin Warren's a businessman. He knows that seeing a Big Ten West be a sacrificial lamb to Ohio State every single year isn't good for ratings. So, yeah, um, look, if he can gear up Ohio State-Michigan for every Big Ten championship game, uh, yeah, you think he'd pass that up? Please, let's, let's all be adults about this. Um, also, he was asked if uh, college football playoff games will be happening on campus. I guess that's still up for discussion. Uh, he says, quote, there's been some discussion about having potentially these first-round games on campus. For us, from a weather standpoint, we'd probably have to play at a neutral site location, which is a bummer. You want the higher-seeded teams to be having home games. Like, that's what college football is beautiful for, you know, the different environments, different cultures of fan bases, but also the weather. Like, let's say, for example, I want to see Miami. Let's say they finally get things right, eventually. I want to see them come up to East Lansing on a snowy December day. I need to see hurricanes at Spartans with massive stakes on the line and also a driving blizzard. Have to see that. Or, for example, like, hey, I would love to see um, LSU come up to Camp Randall at Wisconsin, and uh, you get all these Cajun Bayou fans up there to freeze their you-know-what off in three-degree weather, probably six inches of snow, and yeah, just give me the home games. Like, Kevin Warren, you got to put your foot on the gas and say, oh yeah, we're doing home games, because that is going to be our greatest advantage in those months. So, now again, it's just more non-committal talk, kind of not-so-coded language, but... You know, that's that's one of the things that makes him a good commissioner. He's really smart around a microphone. And last but not least, he was asked about Big Ten expansion. And longer quote here, he says, quote, the biggest thing right now that we have to come up with, what we're calling some of our can't-miss priorities, and one of the can't-miss priorities is to make sure that we flawlessly integrate our new media partners. Yeah, I mean, you probably do want to take care of the media agreement that you just had for... 28 scrillion dollars first and foremost and then says but the other one is to make sure that we flawlessly integrate usc and ucla into the big 10 conference aka uh he is not worried about expansion right now uh let's just get usc ucla in the door get them comfortable move them into their nice bedrooms make sure they're doing okay give them a tour of the house and then maybe we start bringing in some new adopted teams but yeah so it looks like for uh the near future at least and we're, we're chilling with 16 teams, and uh, Kevin will act when Kevin wants to act because uh, Ball is in his court squarely. He has uh, done a masterful job of doing what he wants to do in the Big Ten. So that's all that Kevin Warren had to say 
again, nothing too shocking or revealing, but you know, sometimes uh, we gotta have fun trying to read between read between the lines when someone of that high of importance steps in front of a microphone here. So there you have it, folks. Uh, you guys are simply the best. I hope you know that. We will be back tomorrow. We're going to be doing a crossover episode talking about this Saturday's big homecoming game, uh, talking to the great people at Locked On Badgers, and then hey, to end the week, more more final thoughts. Uh, and if there's any other breaking news that happens here, you know where to keep it tuned. Locked On Spartans, five days a week. You guys are truly the best. Love you all. Go Green.